Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the Game Boys hey. Podcast. My name is Lux. I'm your host, and with me as always. Oh God! Oh, I'm having a nervous <laughs> oh, breakdown. God, he's breaking <laughs> down. We're shooting two of these in a row, and he can't handle it. The pressure. Yeah, with me as always is the only person who ever asked me to do two things in the course of four hours. It's Griffin Davis. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, that is asking a lot of a friend to take four hours. It is. You know. Well, you're a busy boy, man. It's tough. You're it's a busy tough boy. Stuff. And honestly, I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing it for our editor Haley, who's the actual hero of our show and is going on vacation to your family. So we need to like yeah. give her yeah, some she time to. Yeah, she deserves yeah. our struggle. You she I would never do this it. for you, Griffin. That, that's why we got her a vacation. We paid all expenses, paid vacation for her uh, through the Game Boy's War Chest. Oh, yeah, because we make uh, just so much bank off of these ads. The ads that everyone loves that we do. You guys are doing really well. This place does look amazing. It does, yeah, it does look amazing. So we, yeah. we did, that's just a Swiffer, actually. We'll, we'll yeah. part yeah. the kimono for a second. We're recording this right after the uh, the Courtney episode, which was which was a lot of fun. I'm very tired, but on that episode, we didn't actually talk about what games we're currently playing, Griffin. So what game are you playing today? Yeah, um, uh, well, I'm, I'm between things right now uh, at night uh, well okay I was sick the last week and in my sick fevery haze every night I would play Super Smash Brothers in a sick just disgusting uh, <laughs> it was a mood a bad mood and you loved it and uh, I'm getting a little into it but that world of light is just so stupid yeah it's like are you playing the world of light if yeah, those who have it, it's the campaign version of Super Smash I do it to kill time but mostly I just play one 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 I just play with people it's like a it's like I'm kind of like having fun like hating it in a way it's like fun to like hate play kind of like god this is so stupid and like each one gets stupider and i can't believe they're making me do this yeah (laughs) they're infuriating so what have you done during the day what's your day by by day by day i'm an overwatch player again i'm Uh, getting back into the the streets smash bros in the sheets that's a t-shirt guess that is a t-shirt unfortunately (laughs) i'm trying to get those removed um (laughs) i'm trying to get them removed from the store griffin's been trying Uh, to get those off teespring for six months But uh, the important thing I want to mention about Overwatch right now, guys, is a breaking story. Um, I'm going to mention it now, even though this is coming out like two weeks from now. Uh, another character on Overwatch is officially gay in the canon. And guess who it is, Lux? Uh, McCree. Soldier 76. Oh, damn. Nice. That's a good a, one. A surprise. Good one. But oh, but it all makes sense now, actually. And there's a short story where uh, it shows him looking at a, a picture of an old boyfriend he used to have that they were going to get married but then he went off to fight the overwatch wars or whatever they're called wow damn um, and uh, it was a really touching little piece of this short story they just released at setting twitter ablaze and you know overwatch is just the best yeah, it's just the best they are good that's very topical because gay warriors are in the news right now uh, oh really i mean no oh okay well they're bringing <laughs> it back as a topic yeah it's absolutely it, it's <laughs> out of the news all the time. (laughs) By the time this comes out, Gay Warriors will probably be back in the news anyway. Yeah, Gay Warriors. You said it with such confidence that I was like, I missed the news story. I believe in Gay Warriors. That's just my thing. Yeah, they're real. (laughs) They're out there. Um, Yeah, I've been playing. Seriously, I've been playing. Playing this game. It's called. I don't ask you ever. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know you're very rude, but that's why I'm a good podcast host. I'll just keep it moving. <laughs> I played this game called Factorio. Have you heard of it? It's just it's like a new release on Steam. Factorio. Yeah, you make no. factories in outer space. Mm. Oh, that's um, kind of cool. It's fucking sick. I've only played the first couple levels, and you have to like hunt animals who are trying to kill you. But mostly, you like build mo- like have to organize like different machines and like. Once you get enough coal-powered machines, you can build water-powered machines that create electricity, and then you use electricity to collect more coal. Da, 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 da. It's very fun. It's actually a lot like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but a lot more involved. Plus, there's a gun. Whoa! Yeah. Wow. There, yeah, that was the one missing feature of Roller Coaster Tycoon. There was no gun. Yeah, without a gun, you barely got a game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That's what I always say. No guns, no games. Um, that's what I say. But what does our guest say, Griffin? Maybe you could let the people know by introducing him because they've already heard him a couple times. Let's yeah. Let's I didn't it. know if I was just supposed no, no, to not, not no, talk. That's perfect. Like, no, it's better. It's better. Right. It's better when it's you better. do that because then we dick around for less times. We have to introduce you, and this is the worst part of the show. Maybe so, we don't even introduce me. I'm just some dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, maybe, maybe we don't. Uh, and uh, <laughs> which I'm actually uh, having a little anxiety over introducing our guest because uh, I really like our guest, but I have literally never said his last name before. Oh, dude, you. Guys gotta give it a shot okay is it abdul malik 
That's pretty. That's pretty much. It's just Abdul Malik. Yeah, Abdul Malik. Yeah. Okay. Sick. Here we okay. go. That's not bad. He is a very funny sketch comedian. He also has been featured in movies and television shows. You might have caught him on FX's Baskets or season two of Hulu's Future Man. Welcome to the podcast, my good friend Cash Abdul Malik. Oh, it's very good. He, he did it again. Oh my <laughs> he got, god. He did, he did the exact same almost correct for. Pronunciation twice in a row <laughs> after he got you fixed. Dude, it's way be- you'd be surprised. It's really? way better than people. Okay, what it was? What's do. the worst one you've gotten? Uh, uh, someone was just like Abdumarik, and I was like, added sounds- a, added an R. I mean, they throw stuff in there. There's ampersands <laughs> and question marks and shit. It's fine. I'm doing great. It's good. <laughs> like, we're happy to have you. Um, great to be here. So welcome, welcome to the show, man. Um, it's a it's a pleasure to have you. So you worked yeah. a bunch of cool stuff, uh, including Future Man, which is a show a different person I know worked on. You know, a friend of mine named Sarah Isaacson worked on that show as a writer. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know uh, if you ever met that lady, but I, actually, I never have. But it's cool that she's working. I just ate lunch with her. And, <laughs> I just ate lunch with her and her brother a couple days ago. Is the only oh, reason radical, I remember man. this. Radical, but, um, man. Very dope. There's a bunch of really cool things. So you have to text her right now and say, Cash cannot get killed off. He needs to stay on the show. Yeah, let's... Uh, uh, I can't I can't reveal anything because this uh, new season has a lot of, like... I mean, it always deals with stuff with time and, mm. like, realities and alternate stuff like that. Futures, man. Futures, men. Uh, <laughs> gay warriors. That's a big thing. Oh, okay. Now it's time. Uh, I'm going to be throwing that in this whole time, guys. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of that going on. But uh, uh, it's... I think it's debuts in the 11th of January or something like oh, that. Oh shit, yeah. It's coming up. So uh by the time this is out, it'll be uh you know everybody be watching it. Yeah, cool. no, at least at least episode one will be up by the time this is out for sure. Yeah, cool. Very and, cool. And now we can ensure that he gets to season three Lux and we can take some credit in that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll, get, I'll get in touch with Sarah yeah. and I'll like start pulling some levers if I can. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Cash, I want to take it uh away from the future and a little bit into your past. Oh my goodness, that second. bad was a fucking uh, segue, dude. This now, guy's rolling around. All right. <laughs> we are gonna pond the warm up. <laughs> So you're catching us at our either best or worst. We're going to find out. Let's now, find out. Uh, now, Cash, uh, I, I saw in, in your bio that you were uh, a singer of a hardcore punk band. Yeah, I was, a in a, I was in a hardcore punk band for about 10 years. Whoa. Uh, what was the name of the band? band uh, the band was called Bad Reaction. We were very much like a Bad Brains, Zero Boys, Black Flag kind of thing. Hell yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Toured the world. Whoa. Uh, we're based out of here, based out of L.A. Hmm. Uh, it was good. And randomly throughout my travels, I'll see somebody with a shirt and I'll be like, oh, I was in that band. Oh, that's so cool. Random. Uh, yeah, yeah but it was super fun. That's super fun. It's like, how'd you get into doing uh, a hardcore stuff? That's like, uh, I also did hardcore music when I was a kid. Oh, very cool, man. Yeah, very I cool. In, I grew up in DC, which is where. Well, there you, exactly. Yeah. And he, he toured all of DC. I, yeah. And the, and the surrounding <laughs> counties, no less. Pl- played played the 930. Prince George's. <laughs> yeah, dude. All that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> but no, how'd you get into, how'd you get into hardcore? Because it's like a smaller, sort of small. Yeah, it's kind of a small. Well, so I'm from Brooklyn originally, and uh, I used to go to like uh, CBs and the Continental and all these places in New York. Grew up with like, you know, Murphy's Law and Warzone. Actually, um, uh, uh, David from Warzone taught me how to play bass when I was like when I was like 15. Uh, But yeah, man, I think it's just, you know, the right amount of uh, people ignoring you. And the right amount of anger can can make a lot of really cool creativity, and uh, yeah. that's definitely what got me into <laughs> or it. Or make you play video games, or make you play video games, which was the other thing I did. Extremely which was the other true. Thing I yeah, did so, for sure. So you were playing, so you were playing music back then. I guess doing comedy stuff. But then, when did you start getting into video games? Like, what was the beginning of your video game journey? So I remember when my when I mean I was super little, but I remember when my brother got Nintendo, and I remember playing Duck Hunt a lot and Excite Bike and RC Pro Am. And Castlevania and Contra and all the staples of like the classic NES platform. And I remember, I remember when I got my Super Nintendo and I was a kid, and that was like a major. It, it, like in high school, I was like I mean, high school and like maybe like grade school also. I was like a video game collector. Like I just had a lot of fucking options to like spend a lot of doing doing a lot of different things, but all by myself. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> so it was just you're like collecting lots of games. You're saying a big I was, library. I was collecting a lot of games, but I also. Had, um, Lining them up on your shelf. Like, yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Mm. Totally, totally. But there was also this thing called, um, do you guys know Super Famicom? 
Oh yeah, yes. that's the so, yeah. that's the Super Nintendo, the Japan version for the Super Japan Families. Versions. But they all for Super <laughs> Super Family <laughs> Computer for like super powered families. That's what exactly. I mean. It is short for Super no, Family. No computer. broken homes had that shit. Barely have to take a test exactly. to get you it. Have to take a test. How's your, how's your dad? How's he doing? I haven't seen him. You can't buy this kid. Services comes over. Haven't seen him. Sorry, Mario's Golf Adventure. Not going to work for you. Yeah, that's that's not for you. <laughs> no, but uh, there was also this thing called um, God. It was called. It was. I think it was called Super Magic. Super Magic Cube, where it was like an attachment you could attach to your Famicom, mm-hmm. and you could copy Super Nintendo and Super Super Famicom video games on like a, on like um, uh, one of those like hard dr- hard drive discs. Oh, mm-hmm. sure. So you could put that on the side. So I would just rent games and borrow games and then I just had a lot of stuff on disc that I could play. So, and I had like, that's how I got into like rock and roll racing and a lot of Japanese games. There's a game called Magic Tetris. Have you guys ever played that? No. Heard of Magic Tetris. Never played it, but I've heard so of... It's... It was... Oh my God. I used to play tournaments with this with like my friends all the time. So the, the point is that you're, you have two, two Tetris grids on the, on the uh, screen. You're playing one, I'm playing one. And they're inside of those Tetris um, shapes. There might be like a glowing ball. And if you, you know, knock down the level, you get the ball on your side. And between one and four balls, you can do a magic spell to the other person to, ruin, to, to ruin their thing. You might blow up holes oh. in their thing so it creates like a creates a way that you can't level anything. Or you might take the whole thing and put it upside down. Oh, you're like sabotaging the other player. Absolutely. Or you could do something good to yourself where you might take everything and push it to the left so all you have to do is get the long piece and I'd slide be it in so there. bad at that. A regular Tetris eludes Such me. a good game. And I don't know why no one ever... the fucking wall. Right. I love it's, Tetris. it's one of the best things. I don't know why no one's really right. remade that game, yeah, that but it did like, like be really hours. Fun hours yeah Dang. well i love tetris yeah. and i like get so invested in making my structure that if one of my friends like punched a hole in it i would just like throw a controller through their skull i would just lose my <laughs> whole shit i would just freak the fuck out and you know it was awesome it was awesome any I mean, game we, that can provoke a big reaction unless the big reaction is why won't this game work is probably yeah. a good game we did really dumb things too like we would get like we would get nba jam and we attached it to my uh my my dad's vhs player at the time, we would record the games as we were playing them. Whoa, oh, cool! Yeah, it was it was real. It was That's like next it, level. It was ahead of our time. So we hey. were we were we would be doing that, and yeah, y'all were doing like know, analog Twitch. <laughs> we kind of were, man. It was really stupid. <laughs> like I talk about it to them all the time, like my old buddies all the time, and they're like, "Yeah, that was really good for you." <laughs> it wasn't really fun for us, and I'm like, "Yeah, well, you know, watch my highlights." Because <laughs> <laughs> you were kicking their ass. Absolutely, just hang out outside and sell VHSs of uh, two outside. Hours. No, never just go out flip, there, man. Just flip VHSs. Though. I'm just imagining yeah. like what analog Twitch looks like. It's just a bunch of dudes, <laughs> like the same guys who sell CDs, like on like the in like J Street and shit. But yeah. instead, they're just like flipping VHSs of people playing like Zelda, <laughs> fucking uh, NBA jams. Hell yeah, dude! I love, so sick. That's that's my kind of nineties. Yeah, it was it was dope. So we've mentioned dope. like our, like our arcadey games that you're into. Um, you've brought on like a big uh, adventure action title today. But before we talk about that, like over the course of uh of your life now like are you playing lots of games and are those games like smaller arcade games or are they like bigger longer games uh for me man i was saying this earlier it's like the thing that really gets me involved in a game is its story so rockstar naughty dog all those guys they really tend to make big chunks of like epic tales that i like i really get i really get involved in and really do like Mm -hmm. um it's a shame we're not talking about Grand Theft Auto 4. I <laughs> wish we, we talked Which, outside the theater last night about this, uh, that he was like, oh, we should have done my favorite Grand Theft Auto game, Grand Theft Auto 4. Not my favorite, but a very good one nonetheless. And I, like, good. I, like, I love your reaction. Well, it's like oh, it's no. such a wacky one. That's, it's, it's, it's so depressing. See, the one thing I... the one Okay, so I, I won't talk about it too much, but no, the one please. thing I really did like about that was like, there's like a moment where Dominic... And uh, uh, Johnny from the biker gang and Nico are all in the same place at once. And because you have the ability to play as each of those characters, it's like they all kind of look at each other for a second, just like yeah, like they share a weird moment of like they share a weird we moment. Have, what do we have in common? Exactly. And there's like there's like this underground of like just this reality mixing these characters uh-huh. together. Like, what do you really have in common with this person? Maybe there's some sort of a lineage or something like that connecting you. Maybe there's some cosmic force making sure that you all get along this path. And that's mm-hmm. why, I mean, of course, as a story story writer and like a writer, I 
take it to that level. But when mm. that moment happened, I was just like, ah, they're doing something here. I like yeah, this. Yeah. I like this. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's you know? a very good shit. Yeah. I love that. Uh, you got to play the rest of Red Dead then. Cause I'm very interested yeah, to see so, what you think about that. Exactly. So I just started Red Dead. I haven't really gotten into it that much yet because I'm still trying to get a whole bunch of other work done. Um, Red Dead. I'm playing last of us still. Nice. Um, first time. Uh, first time. First time, my girlfriend and I are trying to play it together, which is in the dark, which is fun. Oh, you know, that game is actually like fun to play with someone else. It's exactly. like cinematic enough. Exactly. And like experiential enough. Yeah. Uh, are you playing it on normal mode? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's how I played it the first time. That's how I played the I first lie. time. I like, not, nah, dude. I'm, I'm not even that hardcore of a person, but I <laughs> did play it through it. talking about? I, I, played it, <laughs> I played it through a second time on the harder mode, mm-hmm. and I found it to be like very fun in a way to just like only have a few bullets and like a wooden plank. Like they like limit the amount of resources you have. Not that I'm mm-hmm. more a person. I just like when games get super difficult and they're challenging, <laughs> I can feel better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember the time you got um, mad at me? Because the first time you got mad about Super Smash, because you were like, I don't like it because people who haven't trained enough can just beat me at it. You say you're not that hardcore a person, Mr. I'm casually playing WoW two hours a day. Get out of here. I'm not anymore. I know. I'm, my, that I'm just saying, yeah, you're now it's a very hardcore human when it comes to this shit. And I think you should be proud of it, Griffin. You should let your freak flag fly. I do think there is something to go in on the hard mode. For everything, yeah, I oh, think yeah. it. I think it it's, it's, it's a little bit more rewarding. It depends on the game because some games can just turn it into like bullet sponges and stuff, and that's not fun. Like yeah. there's certain games that like they just like up things in a superficial way that makes it boring. Like I don't want to like shoot into that boss enemy like for five more minutes just and like not have it feel much harder, but just for them to absorb a bunch more damage. Sure, like, they can do it wrong, but then there's like games that like really think about each each difficulty and like what things to like pull well, and make that it is why difficult. the last of us hard mode is like one of the better ones is because it doesn't yeah. make the enemies that much harder it just makes your ability to deal with them a lot more difficult see but like that that plays in for a better story yeah exactly it makes Which the story better. more compelling it makes everything more interesting way like, that's how hard mode should work is like it has to up every single element of the game not just like right. how many bullets it takes to kill a dragon or whatever sure but, but normal exactly. also is still a fun challenge on that game like, I've never just, played, as, just as a first experience I, I never beat I never beat last of us on hard mode I got like oh, a third of the way oh, in sorry I think you never played the game no <laughs> I wrote the, it was in my college thesis I fucking played the last of us are you kidding me ah, that's oh awesome that's awesome what grade did you get oh my um, god an A with honors, dog. Are you fucking kidding me? An A with <laughs> honors. That's what the last of us will get you guys. Well, it, was mostly, it was mostly Mass Effect. Um, nice. Yeah. So nice. You brought, speaking. So yeah, I also like these big story games as well. Um, yeah. So speaking of uh, these big story games, you brought in a real one. Um, yeah, a real one. A, a real, a real major one. But I feel I think, like but, we need yeah. some background, bud. I think we need some background, bud. Okay. Which is the new way we're talking about a little bit of history about this game. On November 14, 2013, Naughty Dog released a teaser for a new Uncharted game. The series, known for its Indiana Jones-style action-adventure and treasure hunting, was one of Naughty Dog's most successful modern franchises, and news that there would be a fourth game excited fans. Cut to March 2014, when Naughty Dog announced that series writer Amy Hennig and creative director Justin Richmond had both left the company. A look behind the curtain reveals not only that they had been fired, but that the production was in chaos. Both story developers and game coders were working separately from each other with no cohesive goal or leadership. It is unclear whose fault is to blame, but years into production, the team was nowhere close to shipping a game. Hmm. Naughty Dog came to the only people they thought could save the ship. Neil Druckmann and Bruce who were original members of the first Uncharted game in the series. Unfortunately, they had just finished a little game called The Last of Us. Oh! And were exhausted. How could anyone expect them to go from one massive crunch to another? But nevertheless, they signed on and scrapped the majority of the work that had been done on the game and started over. The crunch was brutal, and it seemed unlikely that a good game would emerge from the chaos. Yet Uncharted 4, A Thief's End, released in 2016, to universal acclaim, with a Metacritic score of 93 out of 100 from 113 critics, making it the highest scoring video game of 2016 across every game platform. This morning, Cash rope swings in with Uncharted 4, A Thief's End. (laughs) It's a hell of a story, guys. These games, Mm -hmm. y'all, these fucking games are on some other shit. They are. Uh, They really, the Uncharted games. So what was it? 
about like why like you said you like these big story mm-hmm. games um but there's a lot of big like big story series out there so what what about uncharted particularly uncharted 4 was like they're like all right this is the one i well, want to okay, do okay so again it's like it, it's nothing without a history i remember playing uncharted the first one and the the, fir- the first two with my best friend back in new york and we played them like nonstop. The game itself just had such a good feeling to it. I mean, there's something about, I mean, obviously grew up in the eighties and the nineties. So it's like, of course, Indiana Jones and all these other kind of like adventurer, like Solomon's minds and all these things mean a lot to me because it's how I grew up. Sure. Or what I grew up watching. Um, but just the, the, the way that they immerse you in the game, it's like, okay, I'm not playing a game. I'm going to be in a movie. They're they're known for these set pieces. Yes, exactly. Like, I, I'm not going home to play a game. I'm going yeah. home to be in a movie mm-hmm. about being an adventurer, and it's so immersive. It, it it's it's fantastic. So I remember after playing one and two, just being floored with how these. First of all, how they look. I mean, the set pieces are phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, something might happen where I might just stop and look at it for like five or ten minutes. Because this, the way the way that the water, especially in Uncharted Four, the the water is just amazing. The sky is amazing. Everything in it is phenomenal. Well, that's always been one of those like a video game nerd like keystones, right? Is like you look at the water and you look at the hair and you look at like <laughs> the yeah. leaves on trees is like your way of actually seeing how good or, the graphics engine is. Exactly. Or the puddles. Hashtag exactly. puddle gate. Yeah. Or, hashtag or, puddle gate. If I'm waist deep in water and I run out of the water, how does my lower half look? Yeah, exactly. How does my, how does my lower half actually oh, interact I, when I'm, I'm like, running that's around? Like, yeah, that's like Uncharted porn. Like, they have so much just, like, graphic porn in this game. Yeah, um, it is fucking phenomenal. But, yeah, on a big scale, these games are always been, I think, successful and cool because Indiana Jones-type adventures are actually a weirdly undermined genre. Like, like there's not that much stuff. Like, they've been trying. They've, like, been, they've been trying with, like, uh, I mean, they try. Other than Tomb Raider, I don't feel like there's a major action-adventure Indiana Jones character presence on consoles. Well, Am I, th- I wrong? I mean, I, mean, I think they have, like, one-offs and stuff, but I think part of it's that, like, People always wanted to have like one more layer to the story, right? You know what I mean? Sure. It's like guy going on adventure to find thing doesn't sound as cool as like guy has to fight devil to save the world. Sure. So it's like a harder pitch, but like a lot of times just guy going to place to find thing can be totally exciting. And like the Uncharted games are basically just that. But I just think you I, have fewer I, games I, that like gimmick, like if you gimmick it up too much, they become a mess. Sure. But it's a hard genre to really gimmick up beyond like, you know. Like, it's beyond its, like, initial premise, which I think is fine, but I think it's a harder thing to, like, pitch and bank on. Well, I, I do remember the SNES reboot of Pitfall. Yeah. And that was, like, that was pretty exciting when that came out because, and I mean, again, it's a side scroll. It was it was pretty much just the, the, the Star Wars game, but they were like, oh, we're in the jungle. And it was cool. You know, a snake jumps out, a snake jumps out. I swing over this pit. I got to <laughs> fight this thing. Wild jump on an alligator, comes. jump away before it opens its mouth. Jump exactly. on another alligator. Exactly. Alligator jump, alligator jump. And it was cool, but the really cool thing about it was the fact that it was such an awesome setting. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the game mechanics are, it's a side scroll. It's cool. It's mm-hmm. fun. But, I mean, imagine if you're watching that game and you're like, man, what if we could go into the jungle? Yeah. Like, really deep. Well, what if you get stung by like stung by like a, a weird ass hornet and your arm like gets weird wonky for a while? What are you gonna do? You yeah. gotta like chew a flower or something to get better? What if there's a crocodile? I'm not good at jumping. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm like, excellent at jumping. <laughs> I but, like, no, that, that does get us something really fundamental about these games though, is that like there is something like like nature is like alien in this way of like we'll never understand like all the intricacies of, of nature and you can't see all the animals and they move in this way that we can understand all these trees, stuff like that. So it feels like a fully different place, especially for us, like living in like LA or Austin or wherever or New York where th- nature is so distant and we do engage with like so sanitized and protected, but, like the oh, wild, yeah. like nature that hates people is such a rare thing, Yeah, but it's like such a real thing. and such a cool thing to explore in games and like in stories. And I just don't think you see it that often when you do, it's always like riveting. Plus it's like the cool thing is that like, the guys who can do it, like your Indiana Jones is, or your uh, unnamed protagonist from Pitfall, like theoretically, they don't have like a ton of special skills. They can jump, they can swing, they can use a knife, but they're not like, you know, Indiana Jones is a college professor. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's not, it doesn't have the same <laughs> yeah. scale of like inaccessibility as like Jedi or like Hitman or Ultimate Crime Lord or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is like, I I don't know, I think that's part of what makes the game so fun is that like anyone can be Nathan Drake if they like worked out enough. That's true. I mean, it's a lot of like 
grappling. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, no. Like I think this game actually crazy. is the game that proves that the Drake family have like a weird like demigod climbing bud blood in them because their mother was a monkey. The, the way that they, I think that that was what they revealed yeah, in the past. Exactly. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's <laughs> the famous Dude. monkey archaeologist. Yeah, they're, 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 their dad created. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the first thing I think before we get into the story because we all want to talk about this story because I think it'll be a lot about what we need to talk about with this game. But yeah, this immersive quality, this is like this, this escape. And I think that Uncharted 4 was truly uh, people always talk about graphics and stuff like that. But I think Uncharted 4 was truly the first time I looked at moments in a video game. And I was like, there is nothing this pretty on planet Earth. Mm. Like, like it looks better than reality. Like yeah. there are some skyscape landscapes and some tropical islands. It's like I will never in my life see anything close to like how insane this looks. But the cool thing about that is and with me in particular, and I have started doing it and I will give Uncharted some credit for it is it makes me want to travel. And it will make me be like, it will make me be like, I mean, I'm planning a trip to Nepal right now. I, I really wouldn't necessarily have done that if I hadn't spent so much time playing that game. Dang. No, it like but, does. It does make you want to see the world because it shows you this like, because, you know, it's not Uncanny Valley shit. Like you see this like mountain range in the sun. And you're like, that's gorgeous in this game. But there's a real life version of that where yeah, I get to I feel mean, the sun and smell the air and hear the stuff moving. Exactly. And like, you want that. Like, I definitely agree. Like that's exactly when I was in Mexico recently, I think the reason I was so insistent, my brother and I did a couple of like weird jungle things and stuff like that was that like, weird I played things. these games. You know. <laughs> that's a good game. Yeah. <laughs> weird jungle things. My weird jungle and I used to play that. Weird jungle things featuring me and my brother. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. We are weirdly banned from steam. I wonder what happens in this game. Get in the room. We're doing weird jungle things. <laughs> But yes, yeah, Paul. You know, we like went looking for Jaguars and shit, largely because I think of, you know, like you say, like games like this, I mean, be like, oh, it's a place I want to go. Yeah. Um, which I think is like, you're right. Like, that's just such a, and that comes back to these graphics. Like, it really makes you feel like that's the world that you can go see, which is fucking It's also, sick. It's also settings, settings too, because every single game, they're like, all right, cool. We're going to, we'll start out in the snow. Ice planet. We'll start we'll out, planet. Exactly. we'll go Hoth. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, we'll go Tatooine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you just, you, you, you're going to sand. You're going, you're going to the Middle East. Then mm-hmm. you're going to go to Peru. Then you're going to go to France. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to go to Turkey. And there's so many places in the world that, that are very specific to those locations and they mimic them amazingly and they blow them up (laughs) stuff them all in this little like this little package just like take it home and go check it out (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's really cool on the street like this take it home just just like this game is known or at least its story and the narrative of naughty dog games is always kind of talked about, at least in this modern era, as they're some of the best storytellers in the industry. Uh, I want to give a little just a brief overview of what the story is and then we can talk about how we feel about it. Uh, it's about like Nathan Drake is uh, meets his long lost brother and says that they need to go on, on a heist. So he starts lying to his wife over the course of the game. Uh, and then eventually, you know, they find this lost pirate city where all the treasures at you know Indiana Jones tropes uh, him and his wife fight because his wife discovers that he's been uh, lying to her and is still treasure hunting when he said he'd quit uh, and then that's resolved and they save the day and then uh, him and his wife uh, open up a uh, a diving company I think at the end of the game with the stolen treasure money hmm. Yeah, also, so it's like a happy in idea. the beginning, uh, he thought his brother was dead. Yes. He thought his brother was dead for years. Right. And which the is villain always... kind of like tricked him into thinking his brother was dead and was like manipulating them. Um, and uh, they're, so they're yeah, very good. The, they're very good emotionally. That's too. the bare bones of the story. Um, for I mean, me, it's it a nice felt little like, game uh, about family. <laughs> it is a nice little game about family. For me, there was times where it's like, I think that Naughty Dog is like pushing the envelope on like... Uh, capturing like actors performance Mm -hmm. and like creating scenes where it does feel like two people are talking to each other. I just still feel like the content itself though, isn't that good or that interesting. And that like, if we were to watch a TV episode of something like this, we wouldn't think it was that good, but because it's like, 
very well realized, incredible performance capture. Where, like, I think there's still a lot of forgiveness with story. And I found a lot of moments to be like cheesy or like I didn't understand why he got why him and his wife were able to get back together after he was lying to her for so long. I will say the stuff with him and his wife I, at moments I was like, hmm. That's a little. That's a little convenient. Yeah. Stuff with the brother is right. what really got me in because I was sure. just like, just just somebody coming back from the dead and being like, "Hey, uh, I, I I didn't die," and this other thing happening where you're just like, "What the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. Where the you know?" There's like they captured that anger and confusion between yeah. the two brothers, which was nice. They did that yeah. stuff well. I yeah. agree. And, yeah. and then picking them, picking them up, and then putting them back together, which felt really like I mean, as real as that can be. Mm-hmm. You know, see, my thing with with these games, I, well, two things. One is that I, I'm tired with Griffin. I don't always find the cutscenes compelling, but I do think that they get a huge amount of slack because they usually just come after these insane set pieces and action moments when it's just like I need a fucking breather anyway. I'm never gonna yeah. be paying 100 percent attention to the cutscenes. I just like had to dodge 90 snakes in a boulder. So like, <laughs> I, like it's okay if it's like a 75 percent good cutscene because like I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, still 50% back in the scene I was just playing. So it's fine sure. for me. Sure. Um, it's very true. My other thing is that, and we've talked about this on the show before, um, as much as I fucking love the graphics, I love the motion capture work and the performance stuff. Like, I don't like realism in video games. I find it frustrating. I don't think it's that cool. It drives mm. me nuts. I think what's cool about video games is games that push away from hyper-realistic graphics and hyper-realistic capture. Um, I like cartoons um, a lot. And so I like games <laughs> that lean into the fact that they can be cartoons. And sometimes the like attempt attempt at like super realism in the Uncharted games, um, both like impresses me and bums me out because it's like this is such a good rendering of I don't know uh, Palau, the sunshiny island, but like what if this was a rendering of I don't know a space dragon no one's ever seen before? Wouldn't that be cool? You know, and so that's always like a trade off with these games, and it's like that's not usually a thing I hold against a game really, but because Uncharted's so good at realism, it makes me be like, why wouldn't you do some surrealism and turn this shit up a couple notches? But for so many people, they'll never get to see like that island is just as fantastical to me as a dragon. I'll never see anything like Libertalia in my life. I'll never see anything like um, a bunch of the places they take me to. Mm. Like, even if you do travel. But like, like nature docs so, and shit, you know? Yeah, I guess. But, <laughs> David Attenborough, uh, David Attenborough's <laughs> been everywhere, dog. They know where my man's hasn't been. <laughs> I would never get to see Sully's mustache. Uh, that's true. A, a mustache, mustache that good in person, I think. You know, <laughs> yeah. a mustache that's from I like Sully. But, like, and what uh, makes like, the game so good is, like, even the impact feel semi-realistic and it's like that's like I want to drop 5,000 feet and land on the ground and just jump back up and keep shooting. Now, there is I mean? that. There is that. Yeah, yeah. I do like I do like dying where it's just it's like it's just like I like to imagine where it's like you're so close to the end and you're about to jump up this ridge and shoot these dudes and then you jump for something you miss and then you fall and it's just like Nathan no! <laughs> Alright. <laughs> I guess we continue uh, the heist. He was a great guy. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like that stuff. But I mean, that, again, that's it's what happens with his brother at the beginning of the game. <laughs> exactly, dude. Like again, uh, it's just like that's like that attention to detail that is like so impressive to me. But I just like want to see them turn it loose on like I don't know Mars. I just think dude, that- I hear what you're saying. I had a dream like three weeks ago. I woke up and told my girlfriend all about it. I was like, I dreamed that they I was in a room with a bunch of other people writing stuff for Grand Theft Astro. Dude, the space is, Grand Theft Auto it was online just, game. It was, it was a space version <laughs> of yes. Grand Theft Auto, dude. Oh my god! And the whole premise, the, the whole premise was, I know, dude, I know. I see wheels turning. Yeah, <laughs> dude, the whole premise we can was do nothing with it. So oh, I know, I know. No, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's, it's just there. It makes some two D. It makes some two D. Grand Theft Astro. No, but the the premise was is that you were you were a smuggler and you were with an alien. You were you had an alien buddy. And you and him were smuggling. It was pretty much Han Solo. Sure. You know, but at the same time, there were there was like this other <laughs> rock star game aspect to it where you were like, you're going from like this like planet to deal with these other people here. But you were going over to this thing. And I mean, just imagine that like the map would have to be fucking bonkers. That's yeah, and that's the shit I live for. The space games. cops, but, but at tra- the same trailing time, you through space, dude, totally, totally <laughs> space like, fucking cops, just like a complete copy paste every mechanic, even the ones that don't make sense. <laughs> exactly, the empire. There's still pedestrians you. walking around space, so you can hit them. Yeah, like, but it's, <laughs> but it's, but it's, like, it's like the radio's like, still all 70s, 80s, like, yeah, dude, shit. Your, your car's covered with like purple 
purple blood and blue blood <laughs> instead of just red. But, but I mean, that aspect, I mean, that if you were to put a game about, you know, traveling through the world and getting, you know, like a national treasure game or like Grand Theft Astro, I'd be like, national treasure game, dude, I'm listening. <laughs> but I'd be playing. I'd be like, fuck that. I want to play Grand Theft Astro right now, dude. I want to get in a car of my choosing. I, I mean, and are you pitching me the game? I'm confused. I mean, I kind of am, guys. I, I'm well, yeah, buying. No, yeah, it's just this thing. Like, <laughs> this is my three weeks ago. It's like, happening, man. The <laughs> Uncharted symbolized to me this thing where it's like the tech to do the games I've dreamed of since I was like a child exists, <laughs> but like the impetus to make games that are that like wacky and stupid. That's what I want them to be. does not exist. And that's like an endlessly frustrating dynamic. Okay. Like what's a wacky and stupid game that you would like, like to see? Like, I mean, they're doing it now actually finally years later, but like, like fucking psychonauts two is like, so wacky, stupid, cartoony story game, but like every dynamic is like hilarious cartoon shit. Like I, I like I just want to see a game that has like a two hundred million dollar budget, but also like the logic where like someone blows up the Golden Gate Bridge and somehow nobody dies. You know, like that kind of cartoon logic. Like the Coast Guard just like driving around the bay, just picking people up in nets, and everyone's okay. And yep. like meanwhile, like you're flying around on like I don't know a green bicycle with jets. Like just some totally wacky like Rocco's Modern Life bullshit. Well, wacky games. Really Realistic games. I think there's good games on both sides. No, but oh my god! I, I, I will throw you in say, the dungeon. Well what I want to say <laughs> well about done. the narrative. Yeah, let's get back to story. This game is is that I would forgive the slightly lackluster cutscenes if like there wasn't so much like like the game thinks they're good cutscenes. Like and and the game like treats the the drama like it's telling a more interesting story than it does. So it's like, it kind of is like, I wish it almost had just been like a little bit sillier and more fun than like take itself so seriously all the time with the narrative. Cause it didn't, oh. it just didn't like make sense all the time. Although, so. I will say they do earn that seriousness just on like a technical level. Like the technical execution of those cutscenes is, Oh, the direction on the cutscenes is, is the best storytelling. And, like, yeah. and like the design and the motion capture mm -hmm. and like the rendering is also fucking good that like, of course they're going to be like, check out our fucking thing. Even if the writing is just a B minus and the acting is a C plus, look sure. at everything else we've done here and be amazed. And that's well, what's so good Maybe, about the maybe there's a reason for that. Do you, do you like, okay, let me ask you this. Do you think they're going to make an uncharted five? Uh, I mean, the directors are like making The Last of Us 2. Right. And I don't think they want to come back. They like were forced into making Uncharted 4. Like they had to come and save that production. So maybe so. that's the reason why they were just like... That's, that explains a lot of, I think, like how the story is kind of just like survivable. Sure, exactly. But maybe that's the reason why they were just like, oh, this... You know, it's like it's like... They've put a lot of stuff into this already. So at this point, they're just like, we're watching our heroes kind of talk and get to a good place and everything's fine. And it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Yeah. So maybe they're doing that because that's where they know it's going to end. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. well, I think, that I, think that they, I mean, yeah, it did, it did feel like a nice farewell. The ones, the scenes I actually surprisingly really liked were these flashback scenes where you played as a kid yeah, man, those, with your brother, um, where you like, there's this really like, like great scene where you uh, break in to uh, steal back uh, some of your uh, like dead mother's stuff that's being put on auction. Yep. And you encounter this like older woman uh, that used to like work, work with your mom. Um, and like you learn a bit about, about your mom and that eventually put like shows them about this pirate city that and then like sets them on the whole adventure. Right. And those like moments were really nice and like really well done. And so I think there are like a lot of successes in the story um, where they could. I mean, clearly they had to cram a lot for the game. Yeah. And it was it, very, it also had a like real like last crusade yeah. feel to it where it was just like, mm -hmm. oh, it's, you know, River Phoenix is running around on a train. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is how it started. You know, it's kind of a nice thing. Also, given the story you told about like how the game was made and like the initial like having to like bust out the whole game basically in the crunch period of the original like outline of time like oh of course something like the amount of things that do work in the game given that background is like yeah. outrageous like, yeah that's yeah. fucking crazy i didn't know that about the game but like yeah. if two dudes had to take it over start from scratch and it came out like that that's like, pretty impressive that's fucking, I mean, these guys are awesome yeah these dudes are <laughs> fucking nothing but bangers off uh, these yeah, two yeah, like, it's a lot yeah the last of us two really is good. gonna be so fucking good i'm uh, gonna my mind. Um, I mean, 
Yeah. Uh, but the last thing narratively I want to talk about, and we've talked about this with other games, Lux, is um, when your main character is a good guy that murders a little too many people, like Indiana <laughs> Jones never killed this many people. And it gets to a point through these games where like Nathan Drake is like, he has this personality of just like a good natured fellow, but he's like murdered thousands of people over the course of hours. <laughs> and, it, and there is like a very strange, like narrative kind of dissonance to that. Yeah. Um, and I think that games like um, Tomb Raider find ways to like pit the character in situations where she has to like fight for her life. And it seems in these Uncharted games more that he just like runs in and just like murders so many dudes. And sometimes that like doesn't fit with like his personality or like the nature of like this like jolly heist men that are talking to each other. That's how I want to be in the real world. If you're in, <laughs> if you're in trouble and be like, gosh, you're supposed to be here 20 minutes ago. I run in with like, like, you know, like fucking bazooka and just boom and kill everybody in the room. I'm just like, sorry, Make a man. Joke. Traffic was a bitch. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this guy loves it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Share a pop tart and that's it. Yeah, I mean, that's You're right. That is the ideal, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you can pull it off. I mean, you're, you're right. But it's one of those things where like, again, I don't think this doesn't bother me as much as it does in, say, a Red Dead or a um, Mass Effect thing where they make you kill a lot of people for whatever, or like, or or even God of War, because I don't think this was ever a story about like like Nathan Drake's redemption or me putting myself in Nathan Drake's shoes. It's just me following his life or whatever. And sure. if that's the way he is, he kind of is that way. And it's fucked up. It doesn't affect me quite as viscerally as it does in those other games. Mm-hmm. Cause it just feels a little bit more like I'm, you know, I'm watching a movie and like in movies that happen sometimes. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, let's talk gameplay for a second guys. Cause mm. uh, I think that they like improved on the shooting in this game. I for like sure. that a lot. Yeah. Um, and the movement. Uh, but I think that these games have too much climbing. Just so much climbing. They do have just, a lot of climbing. And like the climbing is cool, but there's it's like mistake free. Like you can't really fail at climbing. So it just kind of feels like you're like really truly doing nothing but pushing like left or right. And sometimes it's like amazing the things that he's doing climbing wise. Uh, but it, it gets boring. And then the only way that they really refresh that is with this fucking rope. And the rope bangs, guys. The rope slaps. There's the, the rope I, 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 is great. I'm using yeah. references as far as video games go. I'm also playing Shadow of the Colossus. I, I should have The remake? That. Yes. The remaster. Oh, sorry. So yes, good. The, re, the re, oh, remaster. Yes. Phenomenal. Jacob Gristel brought that on the podcast. Yeah, that was oh in the earliest depths. Such oh a good game. Oh my God, dude. I love that motherfucking game yeah. so goddamn much. I don't know why I didn't mention that to you. We won't talk about it right now. But one <laughs> one point about that game that's really cool is that as you're climbing the, the Colossi, which is what they're called plurally. Plurally. Thank you very much. <laughs> you're hanging on to one. The meter goes off where it's just like your grip is going lower, lower, sure. lower, lower. You got to let go. And then you fall. And I think that that should happen in this game. Well, yeah, like in Zelda, like Breath of the Wild. Yeah, like exactly. Breath of the Wild the makes, climbing, yeah, makes it, climbing interesting if and you use strategic. The, if you use those mechanics, it, it really makes it more... It, it take, like you're playing it, a game. It, it takes it from like normal level to hard level. Yeah. It just makes it... It grounds it a little bit more and, in reality. And, and for podcasters, if you didn't know, when he said normal level, he pointed away. And then when he said hard level, he gestured towards me. <laughs> Cool. Let's make sure everyone knows that. From Griffin, the extremely not hardcore guy. The very, the very laid back uh, Griffin. Griffin, I, hardcore I think, dude. I think they tried to include rope swinging into that to make that was pretty there cool. more things happening. And so I do cool. like the rope swing. I do love how it comes into combat. That's so cool. And you can swing up and like punch on someone. Yeah, like when you're cool. and you have so many modes that you can go into. Like when when you're in the um, uh, there's like an abandoned shipyard closer to the end mm-hmm. where you got all these dudes who are coming at you and you can either jump forward or go down this plateaued hill or you can use your rope to swing over to this like little it's not a minaret but it looks like a minaret where it's like you can stand in there and then start taking pot shots at people or you can use the rope to scale down the side it's like you got so many ways to get from point a to point b it's almost and again the storytelling it's great you just know that we have to get this dude to that location and we don't know how but we know that he's got to get there so let's let you do that part, which is a really, really great way to immerse people into like you building this movie. Yeah. And the environmental puzzles that like they do are are so funny. Like every area is just crazy, like how they maneuver through it. 
Yeah, that that that's expensive. They're they're always like, how do I get up to this castle? Maybe I'll blow a couple trees down and like ride them (laughs) down a hill to then like crash into something. Yeah. Meanwhile, in reality, of us three are in the in in the middle of the fucking jungle. It's like, how are we going to get on that ridge? I guess we're not. Because <laughs> that's like, fucking impossible. It's like six hours later, we're like climbing. We're like, I give up. But no, like very like, regretfully, just like six oh, hours man. later, it's like we've already Googled Google Maps to, to like find that there's like a path around the ridge. And yeah, it's a little longer, but there's no snakes. Yeah, there's no snakes and this is fine. Yeah, yeah, and so just keep talking about the Colossus. Um, we're running a sec long in the segment, but before we get to anything else, I do want to ask you quickly. Do y'all have a favorite set piece from this game? Because I have one. I wonder if it's the one everyone, if it's the same for everyone. Ooh, man. Okay. I got to try to remember some of these set pieces. Because I know there's um, at least the one. I mean, I can start the fucking tower yeah, fight. Yeah, start. Ah, oh, that was really good. Yeah, where you have the two on two and you fall, or two on one, you fall off the tower. Man, mm. that was really fucking good. It was fucking yeah. so cool. Oh my God. Like, that's, that oh, was really cool. That was the most of the part of this game where I, that was when I was playing this game years and years ago. That's the part of this game where I was most just like, Oh, that's why this game, like, that's why this yeah. game exists. Is like that moment is so fucking sick. Yeah, and, like I mean, you're falling, you're grabbing stuff, you're shooting guns. Like, oh, you're really phenomenal, dude. Yeah, it was so like, cool. uh, God, I'm trying to think of one of one thing points jumps out to me in particular. I mean, I remember when I first started started going for it, the prison, the prison yard. I really, really dug. The prison yard's very sick. I really, really dug that. I mean, plus the the fact when you're you're almost out and this dude's like falls through this thing and you're just like yeah, fuck, the- you know, you, you gotta run. It's just like oh, brings oh, you in. So the deep. structure of that pay- was so good because like you said, it has that like false that false finish, that false that false victory that like it. takes so much of the wind out of your sails. You have to like the next like thing to deal with happens so quickly. You just have to like shake it off and keep moving. Yeah, and like man. puts you in that really fucking like ding, 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 like fucking. Absolutely. Cardiac arrest, heart headspace, which is like, mm-hmm. that's so good. Yeah, they are truly, and I don't know if it's just there's like less constraints when you make a, there are obviously a certain technical less constraints when making action in a video game versus a movie, but like these guys should direct action movies. They I mean, really should. Yeah, the timing like, and the structuring of these scenes is like truly off the charts. Better, better than most action movies. But you yeah. know what's going to be on the charts? Our ratings for this game, which we'll get to right after this commercial break. So Griffin, last week our show was sponsored by tampons, but now you've got a new sponsor, and it's a very different sponsor. Fully a whole new thing. Oh boy, well, we, definitely, we definitely didn't record these in the same day. No, of course not. Why would anyone do that? That would be exhausting and super stressful. And um, instead, we've got a lot of days apart, so we've had time for a whole new sponsor to show up, and guess what? It's male tampons. <gasps> What do they do, Lux? Well, Griffin, have you ever had just too much to drink and you're walking and you can kind of feel like there's a little bit of pee about to come out of your your whole john? Every night of my life. Well, then you might have a problem, but it happens (laughs) to people sometimes. And this this little thing, it's like a little cotton swab situation that you can just sort of slide in there. And then the little drip drip that you're trying to avoid gets sip sipped right up by that little cotton swab. I have a question. I have a major case of dad dick in the mornings. Is there a way that male tampons can work for me? I think possible. You just gotta give it a shot because they're mostly made for absorbing, but if that's, if that's gonna help keep you clean, you know, they can be used for almost anything. Thanks, male tampons. And, and I have one last question as well, Lux. Oh, okay, uh, never mind. Yeah, what's up? These sound really useful, but are they gonna marginalize women's experience at all? Um, maybe, but, uh, maybe, but only if they don't really ship shape their branding stuff up a little bit. All right, well then promo code GameBoy. <laughs> I need the money. Hey there, internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Deluxe. I'm still your host. Your host is still Griffin Davis, and your guest is still Cash Abdul-Malik. And we are talking about Uncharted 4. Now's the part of that game where we rate that game. Sorry, now's the part of that show where we rate that game, boys, girls, and friends beyond the binary. The way it works is like this. We give it a, scale, a score on a scale from one to five joysticks with a final thought, comments, and a reasoning for your score. Cash, since you are our guest, uh, you can go first. Uh, so tee us off, bud. Now, can I go halves and three-fourths on there? Absolutely. I am going to speak very slowly. I'm going to give this game four and a quarter Hell joysticks. Yeah. Four and um, a quarter. So why, why is that? No, why is four and a half. Four and a half. 4.25? 4.5. 4.5? Going 4.5. Straight halves. That's straight that's halves. Great. Now, what, 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 what did you take the 0.5 off for? I took the 0.5 off for 
you know, as we started talking about it, the realism of hanging on to hanging on to the edges and, you know, you losing a little bit of your like, uh, oomph, for lack of thinking of a word at the <laughs> moment. Um, I mean, everything should be really strenuous on you. I mean, the beauty of the game, the story of the game do get it to that amazing 4.5 level. Uh, there is a little bit of the cheesiness factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't tear up when I'm when I'm playing the game. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, there was there was a couple of parts of like Red Dead, the first one that I played. And I was just like, dude, I am. This is really fucking bumming me out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm really emotionally vested. Like, God damn it. They did these motherfuckers, you know? So it's like, you. I haven't gotten like that with this game. Right. Right. However, you got to cry if you want a five. Exactly. You know? Exactly. However, there have been, we get Halo a five. He cries yeah. for Halo. Oh my God. There, there are parts Every where time I, guilty I, spark dies. I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I say, he was going to build a perfect world. <laughs> Whoa, you know a lot more of the Halo lore than I thought anyone was allowed to. Um, sorry, so yeah, so four and a half. Yeah, it's four and a half. Four and a half for me. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense, man. I think that, I think so. like you said, yeah, I mean, I can, I'll, I'll follow up on that. Mine is the same score. I think it's a four and a half, too. Right. I think that as far as what it's trying to do, it nails it. Like, centrally nails basically everything it's trying to do and all of its mistakes, just little things on the margins, timing questions, questions of like, you know, drama, pacing, stuff like that. But none of the core mechanics or technical execution is anything but expert level shit exactly um and so yeah i give it i'll give that a, a solid four i'll give that a solid 4.5 because it's doing what's trying to do really well but just like kind of the like little things that make a game feel perfect it just doesn't quite there yet exactly mm-hmm. nice uh well set pieces are amazing uh it's such a beautiful game it's often fun to play when you're not doing boring climbing and i'll admit guys the first time i played this game i stopped playing a few hours in because i was so tired of climbing but then i got back into it and it was worth it to stick around because it really is an incredible game but the climbing and then like the story taking itself uh, more seriously than I think it should for like the level of storytelling they were doing. Um, it's going to be a four for me. So Got I it. think it's a really fun game. And actually, even after thinking about it all and you guys talking about it, like, I was like, I want to just like go back and play the set pieces again. And I wish there was a mode where I could just like do the hits. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there kind of is. You can go back really? and go, go along your history. Okay. You can choose the level. Can, yeah. You yeah. can go in and just like, like, you can, I mean, the cool, th- the cool thing about one of those things is that you can yeah. go in and go complete stealth where it's like you try and defeat all the enemies without just kind of shooting your way through it. Yeah. If you just kind of go in and just like mm. get them down and knock them down, like all that, you know, that's, that's a move, by the way. Oh, yeah. No, the, <laughs> the subtle neck hug. Yeah, exactly. That's how my parents met. <laughs> oh god <laughs> that was extremely good um, <laughs> that made me laugh oh, that was a great joke um, alright that means that we're done talking about this game which doesn't mean that we're done with the show because it's time for everyone's favorite segment entirely out of segments that's right ladies and gentlemen friends on the binary it's time for the segment segment this is the part where Griffin and I make up segments and make our guests play them with us Griffin doesn't have a segment this week because he's been scheduling both shows and doing a ton of work I have been doing nothing but getting back from vacation so I do have a segment and it's the same one that I have every week it's everyone's favorite game about analingus that's right ladies and gentlemen we're playing do they eat ass this Ew. week's so sweet this week that's the noise i make so both, eating ass. Both, both games yes, no. both games that came in this week were ones that made it very hard to theme do they eat ass last time i went with roller coaster tycoon theme park owners this time however it's characters played by harrison ford so Sure. Oh, we've yeah. got hey, Indiana Jones, a game here, Han boys. Solo, <laughs> and Harrison Ford's character from The Fugitive. What is his name of The Fugitive? God I, damn it. It's John something I can't remember. He's looking what, for oh, a the, one-armed the, the man. Guys, the, yeah, the guy's name. Remember, he's in the banquet hall. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, my friend. My friend, Mr. Richard Kim, Richard Kimball, Richard Kimball. All right. Well, there Wait, we go. To, That's I, how I, I remembered his fucking name just now. That was fucking I, baller. Honestly, that was incredible. Hold on. Awesome. I need That's to crazy. look up a picture because I just, that, it's been a while. That actually helps a lot because we go in alphabetical order. So not knowing his name was going to throw the fuck He's all running around with a beard. He's like, oh, where's oh, that ass? I'm going to eat that yeah, ass. He is running straight towards something. All right, oh, so could it be an ass? It's ass. I'm going to eat it. All right. So first up, we have Han Solo. Does Han Solo eat ass? Yeah. Hansel is eating space ass. Hansel is, yeah, he's having weird. He's doing weird stuff in that. Dude, yeah, he's, he's, scoundrel, he's probably he's looking at things that have undefined, fo- like orifices with functions that we can't even comprehend. You know, in mm-hmm. the in the original scene for the cantina, he's supposed to be chatting up with some chick, 
and they're like giving each other a little. <laughs> I don't know what that means. What was the note? I think they're tweaking each other's I, nipples. You know, <laughs> well, his, like, hey, his nipples hurt gills. Give me some blue milk or something. That was a, actually, yeah. Was, blue milk is a callback to a deleted scene from episode four. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's absolutely. actually true. Like, oh, Luke drinks really? Bantha milk in episode four and it's blue. Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I do think that oh, yeah. Han Solo eats ass. I think so too. I think unless usually I attribute it to like a generous lover thing, which is not a vibe I get off Han Solo. No, I do get Han Solo having the I want to try everything in the universe vibe. Yeah, like he's also he's got kinks. He's probably just like yeah, eat her ass. It's great, Chewie. (laughs) Chewie's like gross. (laughs) Chewie's Chewie's a prude. Yeah. He's like, I'm furry, dude. I'm not doing that. Han Solo's like yeah. a real sexual gourmand. Like, he just wants to try every single thing on the menu. Absolutely. Yeah, that was an easy one. All right, now let's talk about Indiana Jones. Wow. This one's, I think, a little bit tougher, man, for me. Who would like to open up this treasure trove of ass? Yeah. <laughs> right, he loves exploring and discovering, but he's also mm. a little bit like, I feel like he gets freaked out a lot. Yeah. So? I mean, do you remember I mean, that scene where he has to put his hand in that hole? In Temple of Doom, he was all in there. There might be a yeah, that's true. But other times he'd go into caves, there might have been snakes, and he's been all freaked out. Yeah, but when are snakes coming out of an ass? Well, I mean, in a world where the Holy Grail's around, you never know what could be anywhere. It's very true. Here's what I will say: is that his uh, his friend Salah, a hundred to ten (laughs) percent. Sure. (laughs) Sure. You're you're saying Salah? You're saying Salah eats ass? Yeah, Salah. I mean, that's 100, 110%. Look, I'm still about to eat ass. He's like, bad dates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Like, and then that, a, that monkey ate and ass. And then Look a monkey now. just like, dies. <laughs> well, we can all agree the monkey from Indiana Jones Ate ass. Ate ass oh, and yeah. died. That's an ass. I'm trying to think that so many people ate ass in that universe that Indiana Jones might have been an outlier. I think that he, I think, I, I mean, I don't want to go. I think he eats ass. Trust, okay. trust your instincts, man. What gets you there? The reason I think of this is he, he's a worldly traveler. Okay. He's out there. He's like you said, he's, he's looking in, looking in crevices for things like that. He's a great treasure hunter. Mm-hmm. What greater treasure is there? Ass. Yeah, sure. Checks out. Checks out. Yeah, my, sure. my voice went high because I was like, wait, who am I talking to? Right now? You just got to, as long like, there's sort of like that 360 degree spectrum where as long as you're like looking at it from the correct angle, that's a totally yeah. reasonable sentence to say. Exactly. I can see him eating ass and being like, you know, this belongs in a museum, right? She's like, she's like, yeah. She's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least, Richard Kimball, the dedicated, determined husband, semi-cop guy. Oh, no. What do you think? I was going to say yes. I mean, he looks so... I, I mean, I haven't seen The Fugitive in so long. Um, <laughs> the that the photos don't do him justice. That, like, this photo really insists he does, but maybe the, the context of the film changes yeah, that. My, the, well, I, I was going to say no, but I think you might have been too, Cash. What were you about to... Yeah. What, what's going through your head? In the beginning of the film, Dr. Richard Kimball is sporting a beard. Okay. Not saying that if you have a beard, you're not going to eat ass. However, his beard's shaggy. He's a doctor. You know, he's married. Oh, oh I'm looking he's, at it right now. prissy. Not prissy. Not prissy. But he's very refined. Very uptight. And I think... Very uptight. He's a doctor. He's on the upper, upper, upper east side life, you know? I don't think that he's an ass-eating doc. I don't think so. Yeah. I think, he's, I, I think he's not into it. I think pre, pre, like, fugitive, like a post-fugitive, pre-post, post, post, post yeah, after, like after the events of the movie, yeah. <laughs> post, post-fugitive Richard Kimball? I mean, maybe. Right. Nah, my, I don't, I don't think he eats ass. No. Yeah, my thing, I agree. See, my thing is that, like, Whoa. He's very uptight, very upper east side, <laughs> as you say. That's, that's the picture to use, by the way. That's the one. <laughs> oh, my God. Where is it? I'm not going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, he's grumpy in this one. Oh. Yeah. Like, he is very uptight, upper east side. And, like, the only argument for him eating ass, I think, is that he does take that big jump. And yep. I feel like eating ass is always taking, like, a kind of leap of faith Absolutely. to a certain extent. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I can see that, like, kind of visual, like, metaphor parallel happening. But I think you're right. Like, uh-huh. his core being is very much like Upper East Side button down doctor and Mm. those folks I don't think are down uh, to eat brown Um, absolutely 
And that will take us to the end of the show. Cash, you've been a fucking <laughs> rad guest. Where can our fans want to get more of you? Because I know that they're going to want to. Uh, if you're around two weeks in the past, you can come this Friday night to the Pack Theater, <laughs> where I'm going to be dressing up as uh, the Thing from the Fantastic Four oh, and hosting grand. hosting a daytime uh, uh, daytime judge show. The show is called The Thing is a Judge. Uh, every fourth Wednesday of the month, if you're in Los Angeles, come to the Pack Theater. See my team, uh, Tantrum. We're going to be doing some uh, some sketch shows. Uh, I got some stand-up stuff coming up. Uh, but I can't really... I don't really have dates yet. So, you know, watch Future Man. Check it out. Watch find Future Man. Face, find me on Facebook and Instagram. I'm out there. Cash up to Malik with a K. Last name, A-B-D-U-L-M-A-L-I-K. Slow that down. Yeah, that's a name. You can find, you can find me at The Fugitive on Twitter um, and uh, Game Boys Pod on Instagram. Oh, yeah. Instagram is hashtag hashtag. Nice. Hashtag. Oh, I was actually just going to ask you that. <laughs> then uh, you can find me at ML Surfboard. You can find the videos Party World Wrestling on Facebook and at Wisecrack on YouTube. And of course, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. The high, if you give us five star ratings and good reviews, more people will find the show, more people will listen, then we can have more cool stuff happen. Maybe we'll actually get real advertisements from real companies. Um, and wouldn't that be a cool twist? And also, maybe we could do other cool, fun side gig things. I don't know, like do a live show that's not uh, at a tea house. Wait, male tampons aren't real? <laughs> um, I'm so I'm so sorry. We stole your money. Um, oh God, dude, my dad dick it sucks. Yeah. All right. Well, look, man, yeah. you can always <laughs> not real yet. I'm open to innovative opportunities. All right, um, we'll so maybe, out. maybe we get off this pod and get ourselves a business pitch meeting together. Anyways, that's been the show. My name is Lux. I'm your host. Your co-host is Griffin Davis. Your guest is Cash Abdomalik. Your editor is Haley Clement. Your intro and outro music is by Matthew Morton. Your art is by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Uncharted for Uncharted. For a thief's end. Thief's end. <laughs>